Okay, so tonight I am very happy to introduce Katya Miller, who is a historian, speaker, filmmaker, and metalsmith. She is writing books about the history of freedom, the woman represented as the Statue of Freedom atop the US Capitol Dome. She's writing both adult nonfiction and a children's picture book. Her work began 30 years ago when she received a message from the spirit of the statue. For this research and documentation, she received a US Capitol Research Fellowship. She is hoping to inspire people to look upon the dome to see the Statue of Freedom, a connection between the earth and sky, politicians and the people, and a story for future generations. Katia, do you wanna wave your hand? Just let people know where you are, there we go. Um, and we also have with us tonight, Norma Tarango and Chris Farquhar on the call. Uh, Norma and Chris, if you can just wave your hand to let people know where you are. Um, Chris and Norma have been working closely with Katya to help her amplify the voice of freedom, the statue on the Capitol Dome. And so Katya is gonna present to us a slide presentation for about 30 minutes, and then we'll open the call for Q&A. So Katya, let me do the screen sharing and we'll get you started. Oops, let's see, did I already do the recording? Pause. You did, but I, I did record. should welcome that, um, well, we're welcoming people to the Department of Peace Building campaign third Wednesday call for this month, so thank, thank you. you. Nancy. <laughs> I have to get all the things I need to say. Okay, you should have screen sharing now, Katya. Okay, let me see. There you go. There I go, let me start at the beginning. Um, Actually, let me stop it for a minute. Um, yeah, I just wanted to see if it worked and just say hello to everybody. And um, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I just want to thank the um, Alliance, the Peace Alliance for inviting me to speak. And I love what you're doing to um, create a, a peace building department at the governmental level. That's really important. And I was part of uh, meetings in New Mexico in uh, the 2000s um, to create a Department of Peace there. So I know what you're doing. And um, actually, I met Dennis Kucinich briefly, and I asked him if he knew about the Statue of Freedom. And he did, and I recorded it, and we'll talk about that later. Um, so, and we also have a talk he gave, um, well, or a book, I'm not sure Chris is going to um, read that. He's totally inspiring. I love what you do. Um, and I'm, ho I'm hoping you'll be inspired to look up to the Capitol Dome and notice this lady of freedom, 300 feet above uh, the Capitol grounds. And I know she's hard to see, but um, You'll, you'll be able to see her after you uh, hear my talk. And then I would like to thank Chris Farquhar, who helped me put together the presentation. She helps do incredible blogs. Um, and we've created a Lady Freedom Circle now, 
so we can talk about some of the issues that I bring up here um, in a circle uh, regularly, uh, and we'll talk about that more later. And then the final person I wanna honor, oh, I see my editor, Rosemary's here. Oh, that's cool. And my sister, wow. Okay, okay. so <laughs> um, the, the person that's kept me going, you might wonder how you could study one statue for 30 years. <laughs> um, but um, a woman, a Hawaiian kahuna, uh, she was a healer, Morna Simeone, I'll talk about her later, but she called the statue the consciousness of the nation. And when I found out about her after I found the statue myself in 1993, I thought I need to do anything I can do to get the statue seen, which is what she did. And I'll share that with you. Um, so I was not a scholar, a historian, a writer, um, but that's what I became. So um, now before I go to my slides, um, I would like you to wave a hand or put a thumb up if you knew about the Statue of Freedom on the Capitol Dome before this presentation, except for Norma and Chris, I know you. <laughs> oh, um, Nancy came to our circles, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, she's not very well known and um, I think she's a critical part of our history and should be known. Uh, okay, so now I'm gonna screen share. Let's see if this is gonna work. There, okay. Um, okay, and let me try to do it full screen. Let's hope we don't have any mishaps here. There, how does that look? Good. That's okay. great. Okay, so I'm calling this talk that um, the unseen untold history of the Statue of Freedom and America. Um, there's many stories I could tell, but I'm honing in on a few. But as far as her untold stories of this importance, um, it just really makes me think of um, how we think of ourselves as citizens uh, if we don't know, if we don't have a full history, we need a complete history to know who we are. And a statue like this really kind of represents the identity of the nation because of her placement on the Capitol Dome. And also one more comment about history is the internet is full of stories and histories, and it's hard to know um, what's true and what isn't. And uh, my, my research um, was all at the US Capitol Curator's Office and the Library of Congress um, during my fellowship. Uh, well, I researched over a 20 year period. But um, so I have some documents no one's ever seen. So I'm kind of adamant about where we get our history. That's really important. So here she is on the left, you can see her five-pointed star. She's got nine stars around a helmet. And um, on her head is an eagle feathered headdress, which is just about all you can see from the Capitol grounds. That's what people remember about her, her eagle feathered headdress. And I'm not gonna talk about that much, 
but I did go to uh, Iroquois country to meet the Haudenosaunee women. And we still meet with them on Zoom to cry, try to understand her headpiece. Um, but the robes she's wearing, originally there were classical robes, but now her robe is a combination of Native American and Euro-American, but it has a, a buffalo trim, which would be Native American, of course. And she has a pendant that says US on it above her heart. And she's carrying a sword in one hand and a shield in the other and a laurel wreath with the shield. And on her base, it says E Pluribus Unum out of many one. And you can see the beautiful image on the right. And that's a lighthouse, a thal there's a thalos between the statue and the Capitol that gets lit when Capitol is in session. Uh, so let's see, I think that's all I'll say about her now. Let me see. Okay, so um, I live in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, I was a metalsmith and uh, I was in a women's circle actually. And someone gave me a print out of a book that there was a statue on the Capitol Dome. And I thought I knew a lot about um, colossal female images, but I didn't know about her. So in 1993, I don't think I even had a computer or I might've just gotten it. And there weren't a lot, uh, there wasn't a lot of um, images of the statue and there still isn't online. Uh, so the first time I saw her was on the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle and she was on other national newspapers in May 1993. So this was the first image I saw of her and she's 130 years old and she's being strapped up by a workman who's in love with her, giving her a kiss. That's really sweet. And she's going to be taken off the pedestal of the Capitol down to the ground level to be refurbished. And you can kind of see these rusty lines going across. She was cast in five sections. And uh, so they need to clean all of that up after 130 years. But I, and I think Chris created a really cute meme of this image of, uh, the guy kissing her. What does it say, Chris? Um, anyway, kissing freedom. It's really sweet. It said and, smooch. It said smooch. <laughs> it was a happy Valentine's Day, Lady Freedom. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. So um, I found in an old um, newspaper from 1890s that a DC reporter said she's 15,000 pounds of the most misunderstood woman in Washington, D.C., and she's still misunderstood, hopefully until now. Uh, okay, let's see, can I, oh, there we go. Okay, so as I said, I was a metalsmith, and the only thing I could think to do to get the statue known was to make her as a pendant, and I'm, I'm wearing one right now. And I made amulets, like healing hand pieces, uh, like I'm wearing my younger self. I don't know. I was like 40, 50. I don't know. And uh, and then I made ritual objects. So uh, I couldn't fathom at that time writing a book, a scholarly book. But here I am. And my family, um, 
for my 70th birthday there, they uh, had a cake made with an image of the statue on it. Um, so I think that's really cute. And then um, uh, the, the other image there is of Doris Kearns Goodwin at an author event, which I went to just to meet her. And I bought her book, um, I have it here, Lincoln, Team of Rivals. And I asked her if she would read my chapters and uh, someday I'll get up to her. <laughs> um, so that's that. Now the sculptor of the statue was Thomas Crawford. He was a New Yorker and he had taken all the art classes he could in New York. And the only place really to learn sculpture was in Rome, Italy. So he was able to go in his twenties and uh, study with the best sculpture teachers. And this bust of him is at the Capitol. He's the only artist um, that's honored in that way with a piece of art at the US Capitol. Um, and he was known to say, uh, here, let me, I can't even read. I'm being blocked here um, by all of your beautiful images. Oops, oops, can we go back? Anyway, maybe you guys read that. Um, I'm just gonna skip it because I'm not good with this technology. Um, so here is an image of his wife, Louisa Ward, who is the sister of Julia Ward Howe. Some of you might know the Mother's Day Proclamation and um, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. She wrote that. And she would have gone to Rome and London a lot uh, to speak uh, for women's rights. And this one time she went, uh, she just got married and she went on a honeymoon to Rome and she took along her two sisters. Uh, that's what they did in those days. And um, Louisa was one of her sisters and one of the first places they went to was Thomas Crawford's studio. And they met there, they fell in love. And a year later, he went back to New York and they got married. And this image on the left, I think it's your left, um, is of a bust he did of her in, in her wedding dress. And you can see his skill as a sculptor. You can see all the folds um, that he carved into marble and the floral um, arrangement on her head and around her waist. That, that kind of detail is really uh, skilled um, in marble. Now he translated that on the right is an image of the statue and you can kind of see her eagle feathers there and the detail he carved into that. Now that's a, the plaster, the original plaster model for the statue, um, but you can see how good he is at detail work. Now, one reason I put these two images together was because people ask who modeled for Freedom's face. And when I, once I saw the bust of his wife, I thought, well, that sure looks the same to me. What do you think, Wave? if you think they um, <laughs> look the same. Anyway, so um, now Crawford, here's a quote from Crawford. Um, he wrote a lot of letters. A statue on the Capitol Dome represents the soul of the new nation. 
what greater honor could a sculptor ask? So he's really honored to uh, have done this piece. And unfortunately, he didn't live to see it put up. Now, there were two commissioners and this architect of the Capitol, along with the sculptor, who in the 1850s had to ponder, what are we going to put on the Capitol dome? And this Thomas Walters, who was the fourth architect of the Capitol, conceived a colossal statue of a female icon as a figurehead to reflect the country's values. He said, liberty is a goddess because the noun libertas is feminine. The statue must be represented as female. And he did the drawing on the right. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. And one of the commissioners was a northerner. He was the capital engineer. And he and Crawford wrote letters back and forth to each other. Um, you know what? I can't, I think I remember it. I, I can't see the whole thing, but he said, this dome of cast iron is going to crown our, I can't see that. Chris, could you read that? Alice. Oh, okay. With a beauty hardly inferior to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, which the capital was modeled after. Uh, the cupola is to be surmounted by a statue of what I am a, at a loss yet to say. That was in 1855. And then after that, the uh, Crawford began to um, come up with models. And the first model he did was um, this line drawing on the left. She's more of a classical image and she's freedom triumphant in war and peace. So she's holding a, a Roman uh, olive branch for peace on, in one hand and the sword and shield in the other uh, with classical robes. But um, the commissioners didn't like it. it. It was too classical and not strong enough of an image. So he came up with a second design called Armed Liberty. And this is actually a plaster model that it's a photograph that he would have sent to the commissioners. And this is a little stronger that they wanted. Um, well, Jefferson Davis is one of the commissioners. He didn't want the olive branch of peace on there. He wanted a warrior that would lead us into greatness. So this second model has a sword in one hand, a shield in the other, stars around her head from the, um, the French Liberty um, concept, but she's wearing a Phrygian cap, which is a symbol of a freed slave, um, which Jefferson Davis said, we're born free. We don't want to have this symbol of a free slave. So he said, let's- I might want to say how Jefferson Davis was involved. Oh, Rosemary, my editor, go ahead. Yeah. You might no. You might want to say how he uh, got involved with uh, because he was one of the spearheads to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to go into too much depth um, with that, but thank you. Um, we we had to we took out a bunch of slides before so that <laughs> we could um, just make this thirty minutes. 
but uh, good to see you, Rosemary. Um, so uh, anyway, so they decided they wanted to honor the original people of this land um, with native imagery. And that's how she got her eagle feathered headpiece. The rest is very much like this armed liberty. So there is the complete one in the middle, 130 years later, she's pretty rusted and, um, but the, the light is on at the Thalos saying that the capital is in session. Now, all the great artisans um, that, that did frescoes and paintings and sculptures at the Capitol were all Italian. And they, the, the high art of casting was from Italy. Uh, so there was an Italian man that was supposed to cast the statue but he wanted a raise. Um, so um, he walked off the job. <laughs> uh, and guess who took his place? His assistant, who was Philip Reed, who was a slave. And um, he spent two years meticulously working on these five sections of the statue until it was put together in 1861. And He's, he wasn't well known until recently, and there they are honoring Philip Reed at the Capitol. And you can see he has, there's two spellings of his name, R-E-E-D and R-E-I-D. And after he cast the statue and was freed, he opened up his own casting studio. And if you want to read more about him, I have this, there's this children's book, um, called uh, Philip Reed, uh, what does it say? Saves the Statue of Freedom. Yeah. And there was a man 20 years ago that really put together his story, Eugene Walton. And, and this is his book and he has a lot of other writings. So we honor Philip Reed. Okay, next, let's see. There we go. Okay, so uh, Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the union and it was in the middle of the civil war and he had just given the Emancipation Proclamation two weeks before the statue went up. And, uh, but it turns out he wasn't invited to the ceremony anyway. They tried to squelch the ceremony because um, the, the statue represents unification and, and the North and South were fighting and they didn't want to make a big deal of this ceremony. So he wasn't really invited. And B.B. French, who was the Grand Master Mason and in charge of public buildings and Lincoln's right-hand man, B.B. Uh, French went everywhere within, with public gatherings with Lincoln. He was not invited and he was really upset. I found this paper um, in the files at the Library of Congress um, two, two or so weeks after December 2nd when the statue was put up in 1863 where he requests that a Masonic ceremony be quietly performed in consecrating the Statue of Freedom 
on the Capitol Dome. And he was later uh, saying, uh, he wrote, freedom now stands on the dome of the Capitol of the United States. May she stand there forever, not only in form, but in spirit. So there's a lot that, that throughout time that connects her with the spirit of the nation. And, uh, oh yeah, here's a quote from Lincoln that I think came um, before the statue went up. He says, if people see the building of the Capitol going on, it is a sign that we intend the union to go on. Okay, let's go to the next slide here. Oops, there. Now, this is a story that um, kind of blew me away because I knew the statue was called Freedom. But in about 2004, I went to the Capitol and I found this line drawing on the left. And underneath this, the line drawing of the statue, it says America, apex of the dome. And I thought, America, why are they calling her America? That's not her name. But then I started to read some of the letters back and forth between Montgomery Meggs and Crawford, and they were referring to her as America. And, and then I found out that that line drawing was um, done by Harper's Weekly, a journal of civilization, because throughout the 1860s, they had her up um, on their cover in various forms. So, but, but I still wondered, why are you calling the statue America? I don't understand. There must be a deeper history here. And then I looked around the Capitol and uh, I saw this fresco. Well, I, I haven't seen it in person, but um, there's a fresco in the Lyndon Johnson room by Constantino Bramiti, the Italian that did all the frescoes at the Capitol. And she's pretty much a native woman, but she's wearing the French um, band with the stars uh, on her headpiece. And she's wearing three feathers, a red feather, a white feather, and a blue feather, indicating she's part of this new nation that uses those three colors um, for that, that's their colors. But she's got a sea creature on one side and a, a bow and arrow and reeds on the other side. And, and there are many images of America that I found later. And uh, be, because before the Revolutionary War, images of liberty merged with images of America as a representative of the land and her people. So, and then here's another image of America that Crawford did for the pediment, that the US Senate pediment is called Progress of Civilization. And she's in the center. And I, I'm not gonna talk about what, what's in the pediment. It's a, a long story of manifest destiny, basically. And then this was another confirmation that America is one of the names of the statue. And it was on a, a, a stamp uh, from 1925. 
and the, there's a ribbon that says America. And this is the same um, image of the line drawing from the Harper's um, line drawing. That, that line drawing just kept being used over and over again throughout time. And, and recently there's a stamp of her using this, that same, uh, uh, she's facing in the same direction. Now in, in uh, 1890, I found this quote, the architect of the Capitol stated that the statue does not represent the goddess of liberty or freedom as has been referred to for years, but her right name is America. So we have to kind of rethink <laughs> when we use the word America, it's kind of a way of thinking we've got to do. And then finally, uh, on the same theme, um, we're in World War One. Uh, the use of this um, of posters, you know, they wanted to wake up the people to join in the army, call a call to arms after two and a half years of neutrality. And this uh, poster says, "Wake up, America! Civilization calls." every man, woman, and child. Wow. Wow. I just love these images. Okay. Now, um, my inspiration, Chris's inspiration, many people's inspiration is this woman, Morna uh, Simeona, who uh, passed on the year before I found out about the statue. She died in 1992. But she was a Hawaiian kahuna, very sensitive uh, woman, who after the state of Hawaii um, came in, she went to the Capitol. She sat on the grass in front of the Capitol, and she would have these inner conversations with the statue, a little bit like what happened to me when the statue came and said she wanted to be known. But we have extensive writing on the conversations Morna had with the statue. And she's uh, she's a very inspiring woman. But because she said that the lady of freedom is the consciousness of the nation, I thought to myself, I better do everything I can, you know, to get her seen. And as far as, the, well, the memory bank, she calls her the memory bank of the nation. And that's, um, I think I won't talk about that right now. Now, um, I, Chris, I can't see all the writing here, but uh, I, so I might need your help. But Morna did two things to get the statue seen. She went to the curator's office where I also researched and um, found out that the original plaster statue that Crawford did was in pieces in the basement of the Smithsonian. And she thought that was one way to get the statue seen is to have it pieced together. So she went to her Congressman um, Ikaka, Daniel Ikaka, and in a way, to see if she could raise funds, private funds for her foundation of I to get the statue put together. And she was able to do that. And the next slide will show you what the statue looks like from her efforts. But then the other thing she did 
was to have the Statue of Freedom recognized as a statue for world peace and freedom. <laughs> and uh, that was in the Hawaii State House and Senate in 1989. And now um, I'd like to ask Chris to read part of what she said that day uh, at the Hawaiian legislature. It's very amazing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Katya, thank you so much. And what a remarkable woman Morna was. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, what, what an incredible woman she was. And I think that um, probably most people aren't familiar with her name, but are more familiar with her work. And it is the, was the development of the Ho'opono prayer or Hawaiian life way of healing and forgiveness. Morna developed that and brought it to the world. And um, it continues to help people world over, the world over. And uh, one of the things they might, might not know is that all the way up until almost her death in 1992, she was working with the spirit of the Lady of Freedom in the way of the Ho'opono prayer, the cleaning and clearing within. And what she was doing is she was cleaning and clearing the burden of Lady Freedom from war and bloodshed. And she did that for so many years and almost up to her death. So we truly honor her and what she has done truly for our country even I mean, this lady stands atop the Capitol and this relationship went on for so long. And in ways, Lady Freedom's circle continues the good work of Morna Simeona. And we honor her, Morna, as we take our breath in now and we exhale. Thank you, Morna. Now I'd like to take you back in time to that momentous day, April 11th, gosh, 1989. And these are the words that she spoke to the House and Senate in that time. In her speech, she said, today is a historic and unprecedented occasion you are the first committee of the first state of legislature of the United States of America to hold a public hearing on the Lady of Freedom. We are gathered here today not by accident, for in the divine scheme of creation there are no accidents. We are pioneers in a movement yet unknown to the farmer in Iowa, the stockbroker on Wall Street, the construction worker in Guam, and even to the statesman who walked the halls of Congress and the White House. In 1776, our young country declared its freedom and independence from Britain, yet this freedom was acquired by bloodshed. Today, the struggle and bloodshed of the original 13 colonies still haunts us. As you all know, the ill effect of the Civil War was the bloodiest war in American history, and it is still with us today. Our freedom today is determined by bloodshed, conflict, and fear. 
Are we still to continue this heritage of equating freedom with bloodshed? We are given the opportunity now to rectify and release these past errors so that the United States of America can experience a new birth of freedom. As a governmental body of the state of Hawaii, you are here today to herald in the dawning of a new age of freedom by acknowledging freedom, the Lady of. And in the words of Morna, I bid you farewell. Oka malohia mameoe. Oka malohio kai. Peace to you, the peace of I. Beautiful, Chris. Thank you so much. Let's see. Uh, and this is the statue, uh, the pl original stat plaster statue that Crawford would have done that was in pieces um, in, in the Smithsonian basement. And Morna had that put together. And they built uh, the Capitol Visitors Center, opened it in 2008 with this at the center. And then from there, you can go up into the Capitol. Um, and there are statues around her. And you can see her size, 19 and a half feet, because I'm there five something feet. Um, and she's in, they call it Emancipation Hall. Now, uh, as we're ending it with some uh, connection of Dennis Kucinich to the statue, um, where I found this quote um, from him, he says, there's a place where I tune into at the Capitol just to kind of reflect. It's the top of the rotunda where Our Lady Freedom stands. So he's very aware of the statue and the spirit connected to her. And we wrote up on top, Wake Up America, because we just watched a speech he gave, Wake Up America, which we need. Um, at this point, let's see. And then, um, okay. So um, Chris, do you wanna um, take the, read this? Um, sure. Honor? Yeah, this is, this'll be the end of the talk. Yes. Um, yeah, go yes. ahead. As we close, Lady Freedom would like to honor Dennis Kucinich and in his own words, we call upon Washington to reconfirm our nation we call upon Jefferson to enlighten us. We call upon Lincoln to heal our divisions. We call upon Theodore Roosevelt to embolden us. We call upon Franklin Roosevelt to encourage us. And we call upon the founding mothers and their successors to temper us, to nurture us, to make us gentle, and to seek peace as a light within. We ask forgiveness as we call upon our slave ancestors who built this country from their stolen labor and ruined families. We seek atonement as we ask them for the courage to overcome and to continue the upward quest towards the emancipation of each and every human being. We call upon our Native American ancestors to help us reestablish our relationship the great spirits of the earth, the water, the sky, 
and the wind to give us the wisdom to heal the land to which we belong, we all belong. We seek reconciliation with our American Indian brothers and sisters through restoration of their dignity. We can call and they will answer because time is an illusion and in matters of the spirit and energy, the past, the present and the future are one. Thank you so much. I'm gonna stop. There we go. So thank you everybody for being here. Oh, Mama Bear's here. Um, I went to um, Iroquois country in 1995 to uh, connect, uh, to find out if there was any connection um, with uh, the, our Haudenosaunee sisters and the statue. And, um, and more recently, Mama Bear came into our circle uh, because PBS uh, had a special and it said the statue was Sky Woman. And um, Mama Bear said uh, they didn't consult me. <laughs> and uh, so she came to me asking uh, what I thought about that. Mama Bear, do you wanna wave to us? <laughs> anyway, any comments? Um, uh, anyone have questions or anything? Uh, as we, I think, you know, we've kind of gone over time here. That was really beautiful, Katya, Chris. Thank you so much. I got chills at different places in your presentation. So it really touched me very deeply. Um, oh, good. So we have about 10 minutes maybe left. 10, 15 minutes, and we can just open up if anybody has any questions that yeah, you want to ask to Katya or to Chris. And you're all invited if you're interested to come to our circle. Um, you can, uh, let's see, you can go to my website and sign up and, and there's a box you can say um, you're interested in joining us in the Lady Freedom yeah. Circle. And, Nora, and that right there is uh, on the, in the chat box, excuse me, in the chat area, I have put links to uh, Katya and for Chris and for myself as part of the Lady Freedom Circle and the beginnings of a Lady Freedom Council, so that if you would like to speak with them that, you know, on an ongoing level, and as Chris and Katya invite, and I do too, all of you to the Lady Freedom Circle that happens monthly, as well as the sound journeys that Chris offers as part and parcel of journeying with the spirit of Lady Freedom. So all of that is in the chat room for your um, viewing <laughs> and for your connection. Thank you. Nancy, Nancy yeah. were you gonna say something? Well, I um, since we have a little time uh, earlier, you mentioned Jefferson Davis and I'm, Curious what his connection or how, how he fits into this whole picture. He was the Secretary of War at the time before he left to head up the Confederacy. And he, um, so there were two commissioners uh, to decide what art at the Capitol would look like. And he was one of them. 
and he had strong opinions. The thing is, both of them, Montgomery Meggs and Davis, were West Point graduates. So they got a bit of a classical education in drawing. And uh, actually, Davis, when he was at West Point, he learned to draw. They they learned to copy drawings of um, Minerva. He he drew Minerva. So he he had it in his consciousness the importance of the Roman and the Greek goddesses in helping as an image to lead the country to greatness. Thank you. I couldn't include all the stories, but no, I understand. It's just interesting how how war weaves its way into so much in our society, and what a nice contrast to have this this whole thing that you've been talking about. Oh, good. Thank you, I, Rosemary. Did you want to say something? <laughs> My editor, she's editing all the chapters of the book. <laughs> You're muted. You're muted. Un unmute. <clears throat> ah, there we go. Uh, yes, Katya and I have been knee deep in this, or maybe neck deep in this, <laughs> for the last four or five years, and and uh, we we've been we've been trying to get the book into a condition where it can appeal to an agent and a publisher, and and the thing that has always struck me is. Um, the fact that that uh, I watch a lot of news, I watch news every night and everything, and and I see that statue probably three times a day on TV. I mean, whenever you see the Capitol Dome, I mean, it's in it's in uh, TV series, it's anything where they're showing Washington. They always show the Capitol Dome. They do a, a fly around, and there's this little black thing on the top of it, and. And I never thought about it before. It was just not, and I was not aware of it. And to, to think that she is just so visible yet not at all seen is mind blowing to me. And it's interesting when the January 6th uh, event happened, there are some incredible photos of the troops in that hall where her plaster wow. model is. And they're all surrounding the, the, stat, the, the plaster model. And I mean, it's like, it just shows you that from the Civil War till now, there's just such an expanse of, of history, not all of it pretty, and she's right there bearing witness to it. And so I want to make sure Katya and I have talked about this, that that image gets in the book somewhere, probably near the end, if there's an epilogue or something that, you know, it's very important for people to see her. And she watched over all those troops sleeping in the Capitol uh, we have a blog. Chris did a blog with that image, uh, Rosemary. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Quite, quite striking. Yeah, you can go to the website and and Lady Freedom Facebook page, and there's a blog with that image of the plaster statue with all these soldiers just laying around at her feet. Yeah, and at her feet. Yes, soldiers at her feet is what it's called. Soldiers at her feet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So the last thing I would like to say is that. This story, there, it's like anything, all researchers and historians know this, you go down rabbit holes and you find out so much stuff that hasn't been told. There are so many stories surrounding her that it definitely has made a very big, compelling book. And uh, I know I've learned a lot. So thank you, Katya, for hiring me. <laughs> Thanks for being here.
And my sister and mama bear, this is great. Anyone else have something to say before we close out? Nope. Thank you. This has been wonderful, truly. Thank you. Very interesting. Very enlightening. Oh, good. We had a Kendra. Kendra. I just wondered about your conversations, Katja, with the statue. I only had one in 1993. Um, I was in deep meditation and she came to me and said, I'm so honored to be on top of the Capitol Dome, but so unseen. Mm -hmm. And she was the white version uh, of herself and she didn't have instruments of war, actually. Um, but she said it so compellingly that, you know, it's never left me. And I felt like I needed to do something about it. Kathy, did you have Kathy, a question? Yeah. Yeah, so I was checking out one of the websites. This is somaticsoundtherapeutics.com. Uh, is that Chris? That's yeah. Chris, yeah. Okay. Oh, there's Chris. So it says that you've had a two-year um, uh, collaboration with, uh, is it the Haudenosaunee that are the keepers of democracy? Haudenosaunee. Oh, and Mama Bear is here now. I can't see oh. her, but I, I'm told that she is here. Uh, she was here. I saw her. Yeah. She might have Very dropped good. off. Very good. Yeah, I think she left. Your, your question, she Kathy? Oh, um, I'm just so interested in that. And also the divine feminine and goddess work. It seems like that's been underground the last uh you know several years to a dozen years i'm wondering where you're connected with goddess work right now all coming together here the lady freedom is the center of all that you speak of and norma has great experience and wisdom in this area and that's how i found lady freedom and then i found katya is by actually it was through a song, singing a song, a piece I was um, hired for. And I had a vision in this. And um, it turned into many years later into the universal spirit of the mother. And I put photographs and film together with the experience of the music, the voice, the song. And I didn't know where it would end up. And it ended up with this magnificent statue on top of a u.s capitol i thought who the heck is she and i was just amazed there was nothing out there then that was this was in 2011 uh nothing on the internet and i found katya she had um uh there was one video and it still stands up that uh, that video my, my first it. video <laughs> i love it doing, yeah what are you doing with the keepers of democracy What's your relationship with them? The, the original keepers of democracy, I believe, are the Haudenosaunee, which is the Haudenosaunee. In their language, it's Haudenosaunee. We call them Iroquois, the Iroquois uh, Six Nations, uh, Confederacy. Um, they are. They are the original keepers. Mm -hmm. They are. Please join us. Um, yes. Because Mama Bear does come, and um, you're all welcome, uh, especially after hearing the story. 
we we didn't get into the Native American aspect and it's many aspects. It's a huge part of what we're doing. This is the circle, and it's Katya, Norma, and I. And what I explain it as, it's more of the spirit, the socio-spiritual aspect of the Statue of Freedom. It's where we create relationships, personal relationships that are living and continuous mm-hmm. of the land and the heart or spirit of Lady Freedom, which is America. It's all intertwined. Very interesting. And I would like to thank Laura Brown for facilitating this. Thank you so much, Laura. We've known each other a long time. I'm a creative partner in her work, Living as a Global Leader, which I believe is of essence for people to come into goodwill in every interaction, which is what Laura has so beautifully brought forward and is continuing to. And to Nancy and to Karen for uh, allowing us to come in this time. It is my hope that we can keep presenting other elements of the Lady Freedom connections, the stories, the native uh, pieces, the Hawaiian pieces, whatever it is that can help inspire and shine light and create a greater awareness and opportunity for people to relate, not to a statue, but to a present that is really important uh, in our world now. So thank you, Laura, so much for uh, all the back and forths and the emails and the connections and our long-term friendship. Thank you so much for making this happen tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Norma. Thank you, Katya. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to everybody who showed up. This is wonderful. And maybe we'll have another presentation down the road. Um, it's now just about time to close out the meeting. Was there, did you guys have a closing quote you wanted to do or that was it? Yeah, we, um, we did that. Unless I wasn't someone sure if there was a, another cl- quote that you wanted to close with. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to do a closing quote? I know we kind of did do a closing quote in a certain way. Chris, do you have a sound? Uh, uh, anything? Uh, what do we have? Do you have Lady Freedom Blessing? But um, that we can do that. Do you have it handy? Do that. Um, I'm looking at if this can pop up. Yes, I can read it if you'd like. Would you like yeah. that? Yeah, it's beautiful. Very good. This is a Lady Freedom Blessing, and we ask that you move your hands together, such as this. Mama Bear, Mohawk Bear Clan mother, showed us that and it moves the energy. It helps to move the energy. As I speak, Lady Freedom Blessing. We stand for the world's children and grandchildren and for the seven generations beyond them. We dream of a world where all of our children have safe drinking water, clean air to breathe, and enough food to eat. A world where they have access to a basic education to develop their minds and health care to nurture their growing bodies. A world where they have a warm, safe, and loving place to call home a world where they don't live in fear of violence in their home, in their neighborhood, in their school, or in their world. This is the world of which we dream. This is the cause 
roots roots down. Oh. Mm. Thank you, Chris. Beautiful. Thank Beautiful. you, everybody, for joining Thank us everyone. Thank you. Wonderful yeah. presentation. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, everyone.